0: Time to catch up with uh, Peter Goffwood for Pinch of Salt. Good morning, Peter. Hey,
1: Vanessa. How's it going? this
0: morning? No, it's going good. It's going good. I just have to, um, before you get talking about soups and stews and all that wonderful winter fare that we can sort of tuck into, I have to give you some feedback after your chat about Wagyu Burgers last week.
1: Okay, you.
0: So when I got home, there were Wagyu burgers on the on the stove at home, waiting. They were busy no defrosting. And uh, I sort of looked at the family and said, oh, fantastic, you caught Peter's conversation. And they said, no, we were a little bit too busy. We missed it. Wow, what did he talk about? So I said, well, he spoke about Wagyu burgers and Wagyu meat and steaks and yeah, all that stuff. Amazing. So um, it seems that when you speak, these things arrive magically on my stove. So... <laughs>
1: Oh, wow, fantastic. Well, who knows what you may have for dinner when you get home this afternoon.
0: Well, absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what you have to say because I know it's going to be absolutely yummy. And uh, I just have to say that um, the Wagyu burgers were great last week, so uh, fantastic. But you're going to be talking to us about soups and stews, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes.
1: Fantastic. I okay. well, let me launch right into it, actually. So the, the first thing is, is, is the sort of the best thing for soups and stews are, are the secondary cuts. And I think that's what we'll also focus a little bit on as well. Is and I think sometimes I think that, that the fact that the butchers called them secondary cuts was to make them sound less sexy. And I, and I think that was just to steer people away from, 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 from buying their best bits because they certainly are the tastiest part of the animal. Um, and, I, and I think um, often get a bad rep because they're the cheaper cuts all they, all they require is a little bit more care and attention, and I think that's, that's the thing that we'll look at um, um, today. And then I'll run through a couple of my favorite bits and, and what to kind of do with them. At the top of my list is, is beef brisket. Now, for me, this is probably one of the tastiest cuts on the cow. Um, it really has a bit of everything. It's got a lovely layer of fat that runs through it, which means but don't worry, when you slow cook it, it actually, it actually, that fat melts down and just adds to the beautiful unctuousness and the richness of the stew and stuff like that. So, so don't worry too much when you look at it, it looks quite fatty. Ironically, or not honestly, ironically, but interestingly enough, the brisket is the best cut to actually make hamburgers out of um, When you mince up brisket, it gives a lovely fat content to a burger, um, which keeps it nice and moist. But that's, that will keep the burgers for a conversation for another day. But, but brisket is, is one of those things it's one of the reasons why the Americans it's the choice uh, cut to smoke um, th- because you can cook it long and so they cut they cook them you know up to up to 15 hours um, and this is the fact of content if you cook it slowly um, it doesn't dry out and I think this is the important thing to remember about secondary cuts is they take time there are no um, real shortcuts i mean you can use a pressure cooker which um which 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 cuts down the cooking time but then you have to be very careful and know what you're doing particularly when you when you leave the the pressure off and you need to leave it in the pressure cooker to rest for quite a bit so it so that it doesn't dry out because the problem is is these cuts uh, they need they need to have muscle fiber slowly broken down and that only comes with low temperatures if you if you crank the heat up too high what ends up happening is you cook all the liquid out before before the fibers break down. What happens then is you get really, really tough and dry meat. You'll soften mm-hmm. it up eventually, but the problem is that you, you have a tendency to dry the cut out.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So so uh, for me, braising is best done, I, I think, in the oven. Um, you can do it in a pot, but I think for the best results is actually done sort of slow in an oven. For me, a brisket, I'll put it in a tray with whatever cooking liquid. I mean, this is the beauty of it. You could use water. You could use beef stock. You could use uh, milk stout. You can use red wine. The, the cooking liquids kind of determine the, the sort of overall flavor of, of what you what you want from your from your... And I basically cover it in some foil, and I put it in the oven for like 150 degrees and, and just let it do its thing. I mean, it's the beauty. You put it in the oven, and you come back two hours later, give it a poke and see if it's nice and soft, and if it isn't, you put it back in for a while, otherwise you take it up. And the beauty of it is, is those juices that are left in the pan are, are just heaven sent. And, and 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 so then you can do all the of things with, it. with brisket. You can shred it up and make pulled beef, and do barbecue sauce, mm. all more conventional things. And I think the, the the beef brisket is great because it has that lovely layer of fat. My my suggestion always to anybody is who, who have a little adverse to, to to animal fat, cook it with the fat on, and then if you don't like the look of the fat, then cut it out or scrape it off after mm. you've cooked. Is cooked it because then at least it imparts the flavor you know and it's that invisible flavor that you cannot add with any ingredient with any seasoning mm. and so your best bet is to actually leave the fat on cut it off afterwards if you if you're a little bit squeamish about that sort of thing um,
0: now, I, mean, I, I just have to I just have to yeah. say to you, sorry, Peter. I'm one of those squeamish people with the fat. So, but after yeah. what you told us last week with Wagyu, this makes perfect sense to me now. So, I, I will—I yeah. will definitely sc- scrape it off afterwards now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same. It's the same when, you, when you're cooking a steak. You know, cook the steak with the fat on because it imparts the flavour, and then cut the fat, trim the fat off after it's cooked, because then it will at least have imparted some flavour. and You don't have to eat the fat per se. But uh-huh. so you're at least getting the the benefit of it, um, and then the next one, which is um, one of my favourites, is beef shin, um, and that that you can extend the same sort of thinking behind this to, to lamb shank. It's the same it's the same cut, just on a different animal. and And the beauty of this here is that, now these are the muscles that, again, you're thinking long, slow cooking. These are the muscles that do all the work, so by their nature are quite tough there's very little fat on them because they are continually working so they need to really have the, the, the slow treatment but the beauty of things like shin and lamb shank is they have a beautiful um really high rich um uh content um and that is what you're after that is where all the action is i mean to to, to give you an idea of how how you know if your, your, your stew has got gelatine in it is the next day when you see it when, it, when it's cold in the fridge and it's got almost like a rubberized jelly feel to it that it, it's kind of it's in one piece then you know you've hit the, the gelatin jackpot and the gelatin is, is actually fantastic it's very very good to use it's, it's very, very rich in protein um, and it has a, a unique amino acid profile which makes it very very healthy um, I mean, there's top evidence that that's, that shows that that gelatin reduces um, uh, joint and bone pain, so that's a, a, a brilliant thing. It increases brain function, and there's proof that it actually um, it, it works in, in terms of reducing the signs of uh, aging in skin. Mm. So gelatin is really, really good for you, um, and it's released. Really, um, it, it comes from from collagen, which is the protein that makes up thirty percent of the body, and that gelatin is released. Is, is released from the collagen when it's slow cooked and braised and that's, and that's where all the richness comes from and it's got this it has this almost like a stickiness to the sauce and it's like um it's like a almost like a jamminess and when you cook that down and like, you cook a whole shin and you shred that up it is probably one of the most glorious things to eat with a big steaming dollop of buttery mash and and you're overweight in weather mm-hmm. like this You know, that for me is a... a. And another one that has a a, a cut that that you don't often see, um, but if you ask for it in in most butcheries, they'll sort it out for you. And even in your supermarkets with a decent butcher, and that's beef cheeks. Beef cheeks have the same sort of consistency as shank, but they have a higher gelatin content and are just one of the most glorious pieces of meat that you will ever, ever slow cook and eat. You You will never go back. I mean, and then if we look at... Further afield, not just beef with the secondary cuts, uh, lamb, for example, lamb neck and shoulder are truly wondrous cuts. You know, I did a I did a shoulder recently, and now you can do shoulder two ways. It makes it's fantastic in, in Indian food. It makes the most amazing curries. You know, when it's diced up, because again, it has this lovely layer of fat to it, so that the, the meat stays moist for no matter how long you cook it. But for me, the best way to do um, uh, lamb shoulder in this is actually to slow roast it. Again, in the oven for about three or four hours and then it just you can literally pull the bones out with your hands and then you have the tastiest bit of meat you will ever put, clap your eyes on but it's not a stew but so we'll move on from that mm-hmm. um, and then of course we get things like pork you know you've got two great cuts with pork which are fantastic in soups and stews and the first being ham hock or, or the pork knuckle i mean what would winter be without pea and ham soup you know one of the most delightful things and it's got to be it's got to be that thick soup where you can stand a spoon up and and all you (laughs) need is thick crusty bread with salted butter and you're A for away on a a freezing cold day like today that lovely swampy green pea soup with little pink chunks of pork in it are really a wonder to behold and that's and it's the same whether you whether you have um you know it's, it's ham hot pork nut or ice barn so whether you buy the smoked and cured one or you have the the the, the raw one they really are uh, a great cut to cook with either roasted or I like them um, slowly poached away and then shredded up in, in soups and stews actually works really really nicely with them. Um, not just the traditional sort of German flavors, but also kind of Chinese um, uh, flavors work really, really well. Um, um, the Koreans do a couple of really nice slow-cooked pork dishes um, with, with with the pork cock. Um, so, so either way, you're you And of course, the thing, the beauty of pork cock is it's so cheap. I mean, at the moment, it's probably cost you about uh, I think it's about forty grand a kilo. Wow, and is cheap. an average an average pork cock is probably going to weigh about about maybe a kilo, one point two kilos, and that's, you're going to get you're going to get food for, for two, two, or three people out of it. So um, you know, and so so you know, definitely a choice cut for this kind of weather.
0: It's yeah, a of course, yeah, yep. Now that sounds it's very very economical at that price, uh, especially if you've yeah. got uh, you know growing family and things like that. So fantastic value for yeah. money.
1: And the, and the beauty of things that people must remember about stews uh, is, is not only are, are, the, are the secondary cuts good value for money. This is the, one of the, the great things about is, is that you actually, because of the fact you're having something in a stew, so you've got a big bowl of food, and it's got mm-hmm. sauce, and it's got vegetables and potatoes and what have you, but you're actually having less meat per serving than you would do if you were, say, having a steak. You put a steak on the plate, and it's 250 grams or 300 grams, whatever it is that you eat. Whereas you can probably get away with 120 grams of actual protein when you're making stew, because because you've cooked it, that, that richness and, and that flavour of, of the of the meat permeates the entire bowl of stew. Mm. So you can actually get away much with much much less meat. So again, it makes it it makes it more affordable. Um, and and also that the, the great thing about secondary cuts, or so this is where the 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 pressing thing comes down to, it, is that it's best to buy in bulk. Um, that's when you get the best prices. Um, and then the other thing to remember about cooking and buying in bulk is is the convenience of it. I mean, if you think about it, to cook two, uh, uh, three kilos of, of, of brisket takes the same amount of time, the same amount of effort as, as a 700-gram piece does. Mm. Um, you know, it's the same amount of washing up, the same amount of chopping and prepping. And all of a sudden you've got enough food for eight people or ten people and then you divide it up into little uh, two-man or four-man portions, depending on the size of your family or your needs. And, hey, presto, You've cooked once, you've washed up once, and now you've got four or five meals waiting in the freezer for you. And all you have to do is take them out in the morning, pop them in the microwave, or just let them defrost at room temperature. And, and you've saved yourself a fortune and time and all of that, I said, ball-age in the kitchen, the cleaning up afterwards, and mm, that yeah. kind of stuff. Absolutely. These things not only are tasty, but they're cost-effective, and they make life
0: simpler. And we want simple. Um, I know that I normally, yeah. you know, and I know the washing up is normally the bane of everybody's lives. Well, that's when you Please. employ children and say, come and dry. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and then we move on. I mean, things like, and, and so, but that's the thing, you know, and it's, it's, it's this cost-effectiveness that actually works really, really well. Um, and, 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 and the thing is, if you know you've got food, a meal in the freezer, it just makes your day. You know, we know for a lot of people who are on the road, working, doing whatever they need to, do, or even working from home, looking after kids and bits and pieces, the last thing everyone feels like doing is now dragging themselves into the kitchen and having to spend two hours cooking dinner knowing that you've got a number of portions waiting in the freezer all you have to do is take them out because you spent one day doing a nice big mm. session of bulk cooking and maybe cooked one or two or three dishes um, and, and spent one day in the kitchen and then seven days of bliss it really is It is. this is the time of, of year where where you can eat stews and soups every single day of the week because of the weather. And so you need to take advantage of that kind of that prep in advance. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I think it is. It's worth it. And it's a good opportunity just to get everybody involved in the kitchen and uh, you all get it done and then you can enjoy life after yeah, that. Good
1: yeah exactly yeah. exactly of course now, of course now, now, of course, we need to talk about some wines to go with these hearty yes. braises and, and 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 stews, and now this is where it's you know it, this is the time for the big guns. Um, and and by the big guns, i don 't necessarily mean the expensive wines, I mean the big, hearty wines now now 's the time to tuck into the reds and to the cab sabs and the Shirazes and the petage and the red blends you know this is I mean not only does the weather lend itself those lovely big glasses of red wine but so do the students you know you've got this bowls of glorious richness and so it needs something equally powerful equally potent to stand up to it Um, so uh, we mentioned last week about about you know some of the lighter styles about the sinsos and the grenache that go nicely with with uh, with, a, with with wagyu here we want we want the big boys here we want you know um nice bordeaux blends and i've got a, a couple of a list here a couple of good rare, some some good value ones again uh you can't go and buy any for the next two weeks so one hopes that you might have one or two of these knocking around in your cupboards or your cellar mm. um but um uh, these, this too this shall pass, they tell us. Yep. Um, but uh, a couple of good reds I've got here were under 100 grams. Um, there's and Paul de Villers, Cab Sav, a, a beautiful wine, drinking really, really well. And again, not particularly expensive. Albi's Drift Pinotage. Uh, Albi's Drift we mentioned in our very first uh, chat about about value wine. Mm. Twig's to Pinotage, another good one. Uh, Porcupine Ridge uh, from Franchuk that comes from the Bucano split cellar their whole Porcupine Ridge range is great value for money The, the Syrah I think is about 60 bucks and then of course you can't go wrong with the tried and tested Alto Rouge it is currently one of those iconic South African wines that has kind of stood the test of time like brands like Niederberg mm. from the 50s, the 60s and right the way through to now and it's still a relevant blend um, and, 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 and great value for money. You can't go wrong with a bit of Alto Rouge. But then of course now if we're going to, if we're going to be self-indulgent and sit at home and tuck into some proper wines now is the time to get out some of those top-notch um, expensive ones that you may have been for a special occasion. Remember, you know, in this day and age of, of we, are, we are losing friends and family left right and center through this ridiculous pandemic. Pandemic. So any, any meal time around the table consists with the family cons- com, um, is considered a special occasion and is worthy of your best wine. So I'm thinking something like a La Riche Cabernet Sauvignon, which is probably the best, I am, for my money, the best Cabernet in the country. Then you've got uh, Demi Stal, Reserve Pinotage. Demi have just won a whole load of awards uh, at the Old Mutual Wine Trophy Show. In fact, I think they're the the, the top seller. They won the award for best seller this year for, for the amount of reds and and, and trophy wines they won. Tambour School Shiraz is one of my favourites. And then of course you can't go on with some nice rich Bordeaux blends like the Rissenfried and their Estate. Uh, Jordan's Cobbler Hill is always one of my favourites. It's a little on the pricey side, but wow, is it worth drinking? And then you've got the Battenberg and Mysfold, which is, which is again uh, an affordable, more affordable. It's not cheap, but when you consider the the, the the value of it in terms of what's in the bottle, it probably is one of the best price wines in the country. And I think they've just they've actually just won um, the the Old Mutri Trophy uh, prize for best red uh, red wine, best red blend. So that's some wine is to keep you going, to keep you uh, keep your stews accompanied. I think that's probably the best way to think of it.
0: Definitely, absolutely sounds amazing. And uh, if you haven't got access to, if you haven't got those wines, hopefully you've got a friend who's willing to uh, share some of that wine yes. with you. <laughs> well,
1: who, might, who might fancy coming round for a hearty stew? Definitely. Um, you'll produce, provide the stew, they provide the Vino.
0: Definitely. It sounds like a really great idea. It sounds absolutely delicious, and I'm, I'm, I'm drooling here in the studio, um, and uh, I, I think that most of us are, so uh, I, I think that a lot of people are going to be uh, sort of uh, getting out there and going to get some of these uh, delectable cuts that you've suggested, and uh, we'll be making some delicious soups and stews this weekend. Well, well
1: hopefully your, your family have been listening or not listening, <laughs> that are are in tune with what's going on in the program, and there's a hearty, bubbly pot of something fabulous waiting for you when you get home this
0: evening. Absolutely. I I shall let you know. Oh, and there's a a message that's coming here that says, oh, yes, I'm drooling as well. (laughs) So so everybody's uh, drooling over their home desks or their office desks or whatever, but that's great. They can uh, take advantage of uh, all this advice and put it into action over the weekend. Peter, it's such a joy to speak to you every week, and uh, we'll be chatting again next week
1: fantastic stuff and it's be great to chat to everyone and uh stay safe
0: absolutely you too thank you peter bye bye